All right. Good to see everybody this morning. Even though we're thin. You know, I was. It gives me great pride to throw a kink in y'all every Sunday. Just so, you know, I tell you we're going to do one thing and I come back the next Sunday and we don't do it. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking about Thanksgiving. And we live in this world of disaster, of turmoil and confusion. And I thought this morning I would just reflect on several scriptures as we enter into this time of the year. We should be in Thanksgiving all the time, shouldn't we? But in our secular world, this is when we celebrate Thanksgiving. So I thought this morning that I might reflect on a few scriptures and what the Bible has to say, and it's not all of them, believe me, about Thanksgiving. If y'all are cold, you can bump that up. If I'm cold, it's probably really cold. Bump that one up here if you don't mind. It's only on 60. <laughs> you know, the cold preserves you. <laughs> We're going to be beautiful. I was just trying to preserve you this morning. <laughs> anyway, let's bow our heads for prayer before we get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together together. We come to you with earnest thanksgiving for all the many blessings that you give us each day. That we take for granted. That we don't even count. As blessings Lord I just pray for each and every one of our prayer requests that, that, that we've had here this morning those there's those that we don't even know about but you do we just lift them up to you Lord you're sovereign we ask that your will be done in each and every circumstance Lord we just pray that you protect your people you provide for your people as you've promised that you will these things we ask in Jesus name amen so anyway, I just I want to reflect this morning on a few scriptures uh, that have to do with Thanksgiving, and I want I want us to really recognize and and take ourselves out of this world for a moment and think about what we really really have to be thankful for, and that's a whole lot. That's a whole, whole lot. You know, we we're not owed anything. We're not owed anything. And I don't know about you, but my God has blessed me and multiplied blessings to me beyond measure. And the Bible clearly tells us that we're, we are to have an attitude of thanksgiving, of thankfulness to him. And I think that we take that for granted at times. We forget that part. That we should go to him in prayer first in thanksgiving. For what he's already done for us. Things that we don't even know. Things that he's got lined up in our future that we have no idea about. We're to be thankful for those things. 
So first in Philippians 4, 6, it says, but in everything. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be going through a whole bunch. So I don't know if you want to try to keep up. You're welcome to, but I know it gets on Maryland's nerves when I flip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm playing with you. <clears throat> Philippians 4, 6 says, but in everything, through what? Prayer and supplica and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to, to God. With thanksgiving. In other words, when we go to Him, we should be thankful first. Do you realize that you should be thankful even if the outcome is not what you wanted? You know why? Because his outcome is the best one for you. We don't even know what we need. We know that. But it says, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. In other words, Father, I know I don't know what I need, but you know what I need. You are sovereign, and your will is the will that is perfect. And I thank you for that. I praise you for that. And I appreciate that because you know what's best for me. Psalms 106, verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Man, has this not been a difficult year? Has this not been the weirdest most tumultuous year, year yet. But he says here, we should be thankful for it. I'm going to tell you something, I've grown a whole lot this year. I have grown a whole lot in Christ Jesus this year because of the circumstances in which I'm in in this world. I think each and every one of you could testify a little bit to that. But it says here, his faithful love endures how long? Forever. We lose sight of that sometimes, don't we? It's easy to lose sight of. When, when we get wrapped up into everything that's going on around us and everything that's coming through the radio waves and the TV waves and just people's mouths at work or wherever you might be, it's, it's easy to lose sight of who makes the world go round. And it's easy to lose sight of who we place our faith in. You see, God raises up kings and sets them down. There, there's nothing that's going on around us that he hasn't already set in motion and figured out what he's going to do with you and me. While it's going on. It says his love. It, it, it endures forever. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says. Give thanks in everything. <laughs> everything. Not just some things. Not just the things that feel good. Not just the things that benefit us. But it says give <laughs> thanks in everything or all things. 
For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, it's hard to give thanks in all things, isn't it? When, when circumstances are mounted up against us and, and have us backed into a corner and we feel like there's no way out, that is not the time where I'm feeling like giving thanks. That's the time where I'm feeling like raising the white flag, calling in the troops. But in those situations, we should still have an attitude of thanksgiving. God grows us in those, in those circumstances. That's, that's how he, he, he matures you in Christ Jesus. Those trials and tribulations for eternity. He's getting you ready. Using the trials and tribulations in our lives. And we have to give thanks. And we have to be able to recognize Him in every one of those situations. You see, when I recognize God in each one of my trials, that's, that's when that attitude of thanksgiving comes. When, when, I, when I get my mind right, because my heart gets right, and I can focus on Him in those situations, then can I have an attitude of thanksgiving for those situations. But as long as my mind and my heart are not right in, the, in those situations, I can't focus on Him. I can't see the goodness and the mercy and the grace that He's bestowed in that. I can't focus on the fact that He's going to deliver me through those situations. We have, we have to have the right attitude. We have to maintain that, that, that attitude of thanksgiving. Psalms 9, verse 1 through 2. I will thank the Lord with all my heart. I will declare all your wondrous works. Wow. That's hard to do, isn't it? When I think about the things that are going on in my life, sometimes it's hard for me to recognize the wondrous works in that. It's hard to recognize the wondrous works for somebody ill. That doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's any hope for it. It's hard to realize the wondrous works in the loss of a job when you don't know what you're going to do. But if, if, if we know what his, his promise is, and we focus on that, we can be thankful in the fact that we know that the outcome has already been determined for our good. Do you realize that sometimes, a lot of times, it's for your good to lose that job? It's for your good to go through that illness. Because he's using it. There's not anything any circumstance that he, he allows to happen in a Christian's life that he doesn't use as a means to grow them. Thankfulness.
thankful for this church family. First Sunday, I, st I stood up here and was scared to death. There was 12 people sitting here. Seemed like, a, seemed like it's full to me. But God has done a work in this church family. And he's not through doing a work in this church family. And I thank him every single day for each and every one of you. And what he's brought here, not for me, but for us. For us. We're a family. We're a family in Christ Jesus. And each and every one of us, in some way, some form or another, edifies the next. We all bring something to the table. And I thank him for that. For my father and mother who instilled godly principles in our lives. Oh, mothers and fathers and grandfathers, you have no idea the example that you lead in front of, in front of your kids. I don't care if they're grown. I don't care how old you are. There's nothing you can do more important with your family than live out godly principles in front of them. The moment you least expect it, you can see the fruits of that labor of living that out in front of them somewhere. They know. They recognize it. You say, well, how do you know that? Because that's the way God made them. That's the way God designed it. For, for children, no matter how far away they're gone, to look up to mom and dad and watch them from afar, even after they've been grown, to see the example that they live out. To see what they stand for. To watch how they act in the workplace or in public. To see that they, they give honor and glory to God in everything they do. That's the most important job you can have. You can screw everything else up that you do, but please, don't mess that one up. Don't mess that one up. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train, them up, train a child up in the ways that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. I didn't say it. He said it. It's so important. And when they're grown and moved out of your house, it's not over. It's not over. I'm sure some of you can testify that from time to time you have children call. Say, well, I'm looking for some advice here, Dad. What would you do? The moment I, I think mine are, don't care what I think, they ask me something. I'm reminded. It's so, so, so important. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for the helpmate that God gave me. I'm thankful, I'll take it back. I'm thankful that Daddy beat in me so, so hard. Son, the worst thing you can do is marry somebody that God didn't pick for you. 
I, I'm, I don't know how many times he told me, to the point that I was scared to get married. <laughs> but I knew. I knew that God had ordained that union with he, her and I. I knew. And what a blessing it's been. I'm sure many of you can testify to the same thing. What a, We've had our tips. And usually she says, yes, sir, it goes away. <laughs> Y'all believe that? She's listening, aren't you? I'll, I'll get it when I get up. <laughs> Paybacks, Lisa. Now who's getting it on Facebook? But no. I'm telling you, there's so many times I we'll we'll be discussing something, or it, it may not even be anything big, but I, I, I don't care. Whatever you, no, I don't care. Whatever you, I we'll just make a decision. But you know what? Ninety-nine percent of the time, the decision that the other one's made would be what the other one made. But God ordained that union. And I'm so thankful for it because she is my most important helpmate. She is the greatest gift he's given me. Just as it was written. When you look around in this world and there's not many homes that are still together. There's not many homes that are still together. I thank him every day for the blessing of my wife. That, that we are able to be one in him and serve him in that calling that's on our life. Again, this family of saints. The family that of this church that when one of us fall, picks the other one up. Just look at our prayer request list. Every week we've got a prayer request list like that. That's, that's what God's people do. We are a healthy family. I, I don't know if some of you like watch the Golden Girls Church thing. Well, some days I have to put it on silent. They're just so busy I, I can't even work. But it's one prayer for one, just one right after the other. It's just, it's just a big prayer side for the most part. And then in a minute they'll start praising for the victories that have already come. That's a healthy church family. That's a church family that, to be thankful for. That's a church family that is edifying one and another. That's a church family that no matter what's going on, you can pick the phone up and say, hey, I need such and such. And you know what? No questions, I bet no questions would be asked. It would just somebody would reach up and do it. <clears throat> That's service. That's God's service. You see, when it comes down to it, we know that none of us are individually are important. We're not here to glorify each other. We're here to glorify Him. 
Man, what a blessing it is to have this church family. Thankful for his word. A word that is multifunctional. It's applied and can be used in every facet of our lives. It's everlasting. We were talking about this kind of sort of in the Bible study or in the book study Wednesday night when we were talking about the Old Testament. And how many people want to, want to throw away the Old Testament? <laughs> oh, what a mistake. What a mistake. Because from Genesis all the way to Matthew, it points to Jesus. There's so many riches throughout God's Word. Riches that continually, every day, jump off the pages at me. I don't know about you, but, but I have to feast on it every day. It says in Isaiah 40, in uh, verse 8, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of God stands forever. Forever. Well, forever never ends. There, there is no period at the end of forever. It stands through eternity. And one of the things that we as God's people don't take enough advantage of is, is, is of His Word. We, we lay that Bible down and we, we pick up the remote control versus picking it back up. I'm just telling you, I'm guilty too. Why is it so hard for us to force ourselves to read God's Word? It's so much easier to find something else to do, isn't it? It's because we live in a fallen temple. It's because we are descendants of the fall. But you see, when salvation occurred in your life, and when the Holy Spirit came to indwell you, then He gave you a means to subdue that old man or woman. He gave you a means to overcome those old desires. So therefore, we should work and look for every opportunity to get back in the Word. To have that manna. To feast on that manna of God's Word. It stands the test of time. The Word is the lamp which lights our way through life. Psalms 119, 105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You can't be left in the dark when you use God's Word. Well, we're dumb creatures, aren't we? We are really dumb creatures. Because he's given us a playbook to get through life. And we don't even use it. We don't take advantage of it. It's a light. He said, this is the way. Think about going out in the dark. I just went over to the fellowship hall. And like a dummy, when I went in, I didn't turn the lights on to go to the back. 
I tripped over the ladder that I left in the, in the floor. But I walked past a light switch on the wall that would light my path. I do the same thing with God's Word. It tells me clearly in this Word that this is a light to my path. And yet I don't flip the switch. The Word of God is a weapon of warfare. A shield of protection against the prince of darkness. Well, I don't know about you, and I hope that I don't have to try to convince you that we live in a world that is raging with weapons of warfare from the prince of darkness. I don't think I would have to convince anybody of that this morning. And, and we are clearly told that God's word is a weapon of warfare against the prince of darkness. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If there's anything that I want to strap on and go to work or go anywhere, go to Walmart, it's the word of God. It's the protection of the Word of God. But yet, we don't use it. Psalms 119, 114 says, You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your Word. Oh, we ought to be thankful for the Word. We ought to be thankful for the Word of God. When Satan comes against you, if you will get God's word out and get in your prayer closet or your war room, Satan can't take it. He can't stand it. The Bible clearly tells us. He cannot stand it when you start using the word of God on him. He must get away. Do we do that? We've been given a tool belt with the word of God. We've been given an armory with the Word of God. I've got a gun cabinet at home full of guns and bullets. That don't match up to the Word of God. No army. Look at the armies that David defeated because God was on his side. But yet we, we lose sight of it so easily. I'm here to encourage you this morning to use and get back in the Word of God. If, there, if, if, you, have, if you have just been so busy or, or things are just so crazy that you just can't find time to get in God's Word, I'm here to tell you tonight you, you, you've got to set aside a time. You have to block out a time. I don't care if it's 15 minutes or 30 minutes. You have got, God's people have got to block out a time to feed on the Word of God. You say, well, Pastor, I don't even know where to start. Just open it. Just open it. I promise you that if you open it and you just start reading, that He's going he's gonna to reveal something to you. He's going to encourage you. He, he's going to show you something new. And if you don't get nothing, just that's fine. Close it, close it up and pray about it. 
Tomorrow, open it back to the same place and read it again. There's going to come a point in time where he, your, the scales will drop off your eyes and, and it's going to jump off. You're going to be like, where was that? Amen. It happens to me all the time. But the problem is, is we don't go get in it. Because this world, our lives are designed to keep us from getting in it. That's exactly what Satan wants. He just baits us down the path with all this stuff going on in our life and we just follow like this. When we should say no, this time of day the TV's off and, and, and I am getting in God's word. It's life-sustaining. I don't know about you, but I have to have it. I'm drawn to it. I, I, can't, I can't function in this world of chaos and misery without going and getting some sanity out of God's Word. This morning, I got up, got in the shower. Felicia wasn't feeling good. Flip the television on. I don't know why I flipped the television on. I guess for noise, for thinking. I don't know. And I'm in the shower and can hear the news babbling all this. And I literally got out of the shower without a towel and walked in there in the bedroom. I got water all over. I'll get in trouble for that probably. <laughs> and, and turned the TV off. And I, I thought, I can't... I, I cannot listen to that mess this morning. It's Sunday morning. I flip my phone to my audio Bible and just let it start reading. I, I don't know about you, but I, I have to have it. I have to have it. I'm so thankful that there's a place I can go. It's peace. Isn't the Bible peace to you? Doesn't it bring, bring peace to you and and, and turmoil and, and situations and oh it's my peace and everything that we live in and, and this world is nothing but just turmoil and for me this this is life sustaining I cannot I, I cannot even imagine being a lost man today We talk about the statistics of suicide right now. Well, that's not that's not anything that's hard to believe, is it? Can you imagine being a lost person in the craziness that that, that is going on today? No wonder people are trying to kill themselves and take themselves out of misery. No wonder people are turning to drugs and alcohol to cloud their minds from what's going on. Because they don't know where real peace comes from. Where real life sustaining bread and water comes from. That's God's word. It's life sustaining. Matthew 4, 4 says, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, where do we find those? Right here. Right here. 
Man shall not live on, on bread alone. His people have to go to his buffet. This, this is like a buffet. Amen. This is like a buffet. There's so much food in here. You get full quick. It's promise. This book is full of promises, isn't it? The Word of God is full of promises. Matthew 7, uh, 24 says this, Therefore who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Well, I don't know about you, but I want to be found wise. <coughs> I want to be found wise. On the day of judgment, I want to be found wise. I want to claim hold of those promises. And I'm going to, I don't know about you, but I can stand up here and testify that every one of the promises that I've, I've claimed, uh, grabbed hold of, he's never failed me on yet. And you know what else? I'm confident enough to stand up here and tell you he won't ever fail you on it. But we don't even claim them. We don't even claim them. You want to be able to weather the storms and trials and tribulations in your life? It'll only be done through living, breathing, and eating God's Word. John 15, 7 says, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done you we got a lifeline right here we got we have a lifeline in God's word and the Holy Spirit a direct line of communication to the Father second Timothy 11 12 says this is a faithful saying, for if we died in him, we shall also live with him if we endure. We shall also reign with him. Well, I hope you figured out to this, up until this place, the only way we can endure is through God's word. The only way we can endure is knowing and living God's Word. It applying to our life and becoming one with us. And, and we check ourselves daily against His Word to make sure that we are acting in obedience to what He says and that, that, that we're living our lives responsible to His principles and precepts and the way that He's commanded us to walk. I plan on enduring. I plan on enduring. I plan on seeing him return. And then I plan on reigning with him. Woo! Can you imagine the glorious sight? We can't. We've been told we can't. Well, I'll be marching. 
That's Jesus. <laughs> Boy, reigning. Forever. Won't be any end of time. Won't have to worry about money. Won't have to worry about illness. Won't have to worry about divorce. Won't have to worry about anything. Just praising Him. Reigning. Walking with the King of Kings. Talking with the King of Kings. Mm. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. It doesn't say in, when you do these things, or when you do those things, or when you do a few things, but it says in everything, in word or deed. That means giving him the glory. But most of all, as thankful as I am for all of this, these things, I'm thankful for my Savior. Because apart from that, I'd have nothing. Right? A Savior who before I was ever created had a plan for me. Before I knew Him, He knew me. A Savior who took my place. That was my cross at Calvary. Have you ever thought about it like that? Those nails were meant for me. But he voluntarily walked up that hill and got on that cross for me. Just me. Oh, sorry me. Oh, worthless me. The me who deserved the complete opposite of that. A Savior who set me free. Completely free. And who will set you free. And a Savior that is going to return soon and very soon. Isn't there a song? Soon and very soon. I'm going to see the King. But he's going to return soon and very soon in the clouds of glory to take his children home. My brethren, you don't know how soon. I don't know how soon. But I'm going to tell you something. By looking at the things around us, it's only but, it's only but a minute. Every day I wake up thinking this might be the last. I'm looking forward to it. But he's going to return with a trunk and gather his people up 
and what a joyous family reunion it's going to be. You just think you've shouted a shout of joy now. We really going to shout. We really going to shout when he plucks us up out of here. I long for that day. I look forward to that day. Yes, I look forward to seeing saved family members that have gone on, but I don't think that's even going to be a I don't even think that's even going to be on the radar. I think I'm going to be so engulfed with the king that the rest of it's not even going to matter. Amen. Talk about a church service. Talk about a church service. Multitudes. Multitudes saints praising and worshiping can you imagine the choir voice perfect voices you know our voices aren't perfect but perfect voices in perfect bodies worshiping the perfect king so I pitched to you this morning we got a lot to be thankful for we have a whole lot to be thankful for. Don't get wrapped up in this old dying world. Because it stinks. It smells like death. No, nothing smells like death. But it stinks. It's wretched. But I want you to know you're, you're not part of it. You're part of that sweet aroma of God's people. That sweet aroma that he loves to smell when we are being what he's called us to be. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Danny, would you dismiss us this morning? Yeah.